Welcome to the July 18th, 2019 version of the Science Fiction Club. So, uh, I don't know um, who wants to go first. I know we've had Marshall went first last time, and so Roger goes first sometimes. And Who wants to go well, first? I, I, I'll go first. I'm not going to talk long. I, All right. I, I, I decided to read an Arthur C. Clarke book. Oh, good. Well, that's a good start. I've, I've heard his name, and, you know, and, you know, I, Y'all know I, I'm I'm I have I used to read science fiction back in the day when I was a kid or a teenager, and I haven't it hadn't really appealed to me much in adulthood. So I, okay, I had one of his on my wish list, and I I read it. It's called The Songs of Distant Earth. Oh. and and I I hope it's not one of your favorites because I I don't know. It's just. It wasn't one of my favorites, no. The, the book, the book just didn't really seem to have any passion. I, I don't know if that's just me or what. But no, there wasn't a real intense plot to it, as I yeah, recall. I, I had to go back to laid back, and I, I had to go back to itself. I can't even remember the name of the damn thing. It just keeps. Uh -oh. I mean, nothing, nothing about it sticks in my brain. I can't remember either. I can't remember what the name of the. I mean, basically, the plot line is: you've got this distant colony of Earth. I can't remember what planet it was on, but it, uh, you know, it's called Thalesa. That's like Thalesa. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, Earth has figured out that that it's going to blow up, or, or the whole solar system is going to blow up. I guess the sun's going to explode. So they do whatever they need to do, and they send a ship out that's got like a million Earthlings on it in kind of hibernation, and they're going to they're going to go to they're going to go to a distant planet. But I was kind of surprised. I mean, I'm not familiar with Arthur Clark, Arthur C. Clark, so I'm not sure what his take on life on other planets is. I would think a science fiction writer would be a big believer in life on other planets. But I got the impression from some of the background they said in this book that maybe he didn't really believe that there was you know, intelligent life on other planets. Well, he has a he can he has a tendency of well, not a tendency, but he's written books that. He uh, didn't agree with uh, sometimes. Uh, if you read uh, Childhood's End, which is on my favorites list, uh -huh. he'll tell you right up front that the opinions expressed are not those of the author because he doesn't really believe in psychic powers. But, okay. but the book features psychic powers prominently. It's on. It's actually in my top three favorite books of all time because I thought it was oh. just awesomely oh. great. But so he does. I, I think he did believe in life on other planets, but he okay. might have written right. that book just to, you know, as a contrary, uh, you know. Okay. And I think, I think this probably started, I think I've read that it started as a short story maybe. So, mm -hmm. you know, who knows what kind of evolution it went through to, you know, become a book and stuff. But the, right. It just, it just, I mean, it was interesting enough, but I mean, you, you've got this, you, you've got this, uh, the ship that's called the Magellan that, 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 that parks, you know, from Thalesia, is that what you said the name of it was? Thalesia, yeah. Thalesia. It means, I mean, it, it, go ahead. It means ocean, I think, or something in some language or other. Okay, yeah, because it, it's, it's an ocean planet, basically. But, uh, right. Uh, I mean, you know, it talks a little bit about the people that live there, and you've got this Magellan ship that's parked on the other side of the planet, and then they send down a group of 100 and, you know, a, 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 an emissary group of 120 some. The rest of them are all in hibernation and stuff, and the other group, the other group, goes down on the planet to try to build this ice shield that they need to put on the on the on the Magellan in order to get to this distant distant planet they're actually going to settle on. But you know that's kind of the background. But I don't know the 
the the characters that they just they were just all forgettable and stuff. I mean, they have a couple of little, uh, one of the one of the women that lives on on the Lisa gets pregnant by one of the guys on the crew, but they you know they never really. I don't know. They, they don't ever really. It just it just didn't really seem to have any heart. I don't know. There's not much I, suspense to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, very little suspense, and it's. Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple of characters. One of the characters is like a 60 year old guy that's kind of like the the uh, he's kind of like a diplomat, kind of uh, mm-hmm. a voice a voice box from the from the Magellan. But uh, they have one one little thing where there's a group of group of the officers. They decide they don't want to go on to the distant planet. They 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 want to go on and stay on Thalesa. They don't they don't want to leave. But right. uh, I mean, it, it, even that really wasn't suspenseful. It's kind of like the, they worked it all out. But you know, it, mm. it really it really didn't have much suspense to it. But uh, yeah, I, I, don't I didn't think it was his. I don't think it was one of his better ones. But he was. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a lot of good books, but nobody. Oh yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, let let me say. Let me say that Arthur C. Clarke, in his early works, wasn't exactly known for uh, good characterization in the first place. Okay. In his later works, he starts really improving at about the time Rendezvous with Rama came out. Starting there, he got much, much better than he did in his earlier works. But this this Songs of Distant Earth was published after that. Oh, really? I thought it was one of his early ones. It was, oh, it was, no. it was, okay. I think it was published in '86, but I mean, yeah, it's from the '80s. When it was actually written, and you know, uh, well, you know, that's I, pos- I, well, there you go. That's possibility. Yeah. I don't know when it was yeah, written. It, yeah, I suspect maybe it, maybe the short story was. But made see, I'm not as interested in characterization as some people are. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I I mean, I characterization is nice, but a good a, a book with really interesting ideas can really, uh, you know, I can really get into that without so many characters without a lot of characters and, and i and I, I mean I, i'm a big fan of characterization and character i mean i thought his earlier works were some of his best i mean childhood's end and i mentioned the city and the stars you know is another one of my favorites and you know those those are not real character driven books there are people in them but you know right. not, that's not what they're about and they're right. sure. fantastic uh, right, books right. Isaac Asimov never did get the hang of characterization, but uh, no. he was one of my favorite writers, though. Oh, yeah, yeah The Gods I, Themselves was a fantastic... That's probably my favorite book by him, actually. Uh, it, it, what this, uh, Asimov's the one that did, did all the robot stuff, right? Is, is yeah, right? he did the yeah. robots, but he also right, did right. the Foundation stuff, and he wrote okay. some other And he wrote other stuff. He wrote a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of right, nonfiction, right. too. Yeah. Yeah, but the Gods I, I, Themselves was a standalone book. It was not attached to any series or anything. Okay. Well, I mean, I, 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 pretty, I pretty <laughs> much told y'all everything about this. I mean, they, they end up. I mean, the Magellan ends up going to its own planet and stuff, and it just, it just kind of. Uh, that's kind of. I mean, one, the the girl that ends up getting, or the woman that ends up getting pregnant's brother does get killed, and I never was really yeah. quite clear how it happened, but. Uh, that that was that was a little bit of suspense, but I mean, yeah. If you want characterization, you're probably going to have to go, you know, probably not okay. going to go with Clark as much. Okay, all right. Some well, of his stuff, as Roger said, some of it was more characterization, but his most famous works were earlier, and those aren't as character driven as you know most people would think. Not at least, okay. especially not these days. They all want right. a lot of personal trauma and stuff, and you know. Right, right. I don't care about that. 
All right, anyway, I, I'm done. So thanks. So let me go first. Well, no, that's cool because um, it's, speaking, it's, it's, yeah. Speaking of Arthur C. Clarke, that reminds me of something that some of you might be interested in. There is uh, Clark's World Magazine, which I don't really think has anything to do with Arthur C. Clarke except that it's <laughs> named after him, but it is found online, and they have a podcast where um, somebody involved with the magazine, Kate Baker, reads the stories, and I have subscribed to that podcast on my Victor Reader, and they uh, they have a backlog of nearly 600 short science fiction stories that oh, you can man. listen to in podcast form. Oh. Wow. Oh, that's nice. What a good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, as long as I'm talking. You might as well. Yeah. Let me go on with my book, okay? Yep. Okay, I wanted to tell you about Time Twister by Emil Pattaya and let me say a word about how I came to read that book and um, a little bit about the author. Um, about three years ago, I was looking for books to scan for Bookshare, which, um, um, and trying to remember some of the books I had read long before that were not on Bookshare. And I remember back when I was a teenager, I read some of Emil. Pattaya, and I hadn't really heard of him since, and I kind of thought he was an obscure science fiction author. So I looked on Bookshare. There were no books by him. So I looked at Paperback Swap to see if I could find any by him, and there were a few there. So I ordered them through Paperback Swap and started scanning them. And I looked up Emma Pattaya on Wikipedia. His first name was E-M-I-L, last name P-E-T-A-J-A. -A. Back many, many years ago when I was reading him, I came up with my own pronunciation. I was calling him Emil Pataja, but according to Wikipedia, it is pronounced Pataya. And what he was, he was a Finnish-American writer. He lived in Montana in a town that was founded by Finns who had immigrated there. Um, he, I think he was actually born in Montana himself, but his parents had been immigrants from Finland. And he wrote science fiction based on Finnish folklore. Now you will, you, I know you're familiar with Roman mythology, Greek mythology, um, um, Scandinavian mythology, that is Norse mythology and all that, but you don't usually hear too much about Finnish mythology, but they have their pantheon of gods and their folklores and stories too, and Emil Pattaya wrote his books based on that. Um, in the Time Twister, it seems that uh, he actually has it based in Montana, too. There was a character, I think he was a college professor, who goes to Montana looking for this town that was founded by Finns. And the town turns out 
to have not existed for about 60 years. I believe there was a forest fire or something, and it burnt down. And But in any case, this guy wants to find remnants of it, so he takes off into the Montana woods to find the remnants of the town. And what do you know? He finds the town with people living in it with buildings and streets and all that. So he stops there and stays in the town. But the longer he stays, he keeps noticing anachronisms, like there's a can of coffee that is not vacuum sealed. It is um, has like wax paper in it or something like that. And by, by the way, this book was published in 1968, so it would have its own anachronisms from our point of view. But um, the town had disappeared about 60 years before, and the technology of about 60 years before seems to be the most advanced technology in the town. And the way people, their attitudes and so on, they seem to be stuck in a time prior to now. Well, it turns out that this town is ruled over by the top head Finnish god, Ukko, U-K-K-O. And everybody in the town worships Ukko. And it's as if they had migrated just in the 20th century from Finland. It's as if they had maybe some thousand years and then the religion where they worship the co and they do other gods. As he continues to investigate, it turns out this god lives up in a cave in the hills or something like that and rules over them. He finds out that there actually is something living up in the caves that exerts control over the town and calls itself Ukko. And actually what it turns out to be is a space alien, a very powerful space alien who practically does have like godlike powers and it has essentially ruled over this town but it is planning to rule over the entire earth and make all the people of earth worship him. And of course the professor has to devise ways to fight and defeat this would-be god. And and I will refrain to say how he does it <laughs> so as to avoid spoilers. But um, read the book. But I will say also, I will mention that there are... Now, if I can just remember the titles. There's... Um, um, Rats. The title doesn't come to mind, but there was another book that I have on um, Bookshare that I scanned that retells um, um, a story from Finnish folklore. I believe it's called the Kavala or Kalavala. Kalavala, yeah. I think, which is a, well, it's a saga from Finnish folklore. Yeah, and it tell it places it in space. It's kind of a space opera version of the Kalevala, and I think I may ha have another 
Emil Pataya book there. Uh, the thing is, this was about three years ago that I scanned these, and now I'm having a slight memory problem. But the reason I decided to tell you about them was because I was skimming through my science fiction bookshelf on Goodreads looking for someone to bring, and I picked this one out from about three years ago, so my memory has already faded a little. But um, I will say Pattaya is not the most sophisticated writer in the world. Um, he's not that bad either. Uh, just keep in mind that these books were written in the 1960s, and science fiction had largely grown up by then. And But me st stuck in the time of time period in the 21st century that I am when I go back and read some of these older science fiction stories that I thought were tremendously sophisticated when I read them way back when I'm struck with how quaint they seem now <laughs> but, but I think um, I would recommend that you try out Emil Pataya anyway because um um, well, for one thing, he's obscure, and he's not so bad that he deserves to be obscure. It just seems a little quaint to read him now. But, yeah, try it out. So, mm. there you have it. Yeah, uh, just as a point of trivia, Tolkien knew the Kalevala well. He got many of his dwarf names from it, or altered them slightly, or just took them. Oh, that's pretty impressive. From it, um, so yeah, he knew he knew that he knew that poem. I think it is actually a poem. But I don't know that for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Emil Pataille. Never heard of him. Uh, so that's interesting. And books about people who want to rule the world are always fun, even if they're not, you know, that serious. And they can be, but, you know. Yeah, it, even if even if they are called Ucko, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right, Ucko, yeah. <laughs> Ucko the Yucko, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something Dr. Seuss would come up with. It does, yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah, kind of does. Called his villain. <laughs> or Sesame Street, yeah. Yeah. Ucko the Grouch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh... I think I heard Liz, uh, Liz came in. Liz, Liz came in. I heard the announcement. She has arrived. Yes, I am finally home from my meeting. Hello, oh, and now you have to come to another meeting. You're just well. meeting up all day. Yeah, but these are more fun. Well, that's <laughs> good, yeah. I'm really sorry. I, you know, I missed. It. I love. I love the suggestions that I get from these groups. So I'll have to go back and listen to the recording. Um, but. The book that I um, have been reading, um, I'm not quite finished with it yet, I had hoped to finish it by the time of the meeting, is called 2030, The Real Story of What Happened to America. So, okay, it's, um, hold on just a second, I'll pull it up, I'm trying to still get stuff together here. Um, but it's a, it's a future dystopian um, kind of thing. I kind of like that genre. I know some people are really tired of it. Um, what I like about this one is it's, it's like this perfect storm for, for future dystopian things. Uh, it's set in 2030, and it begins with the premise that cancer has been cured, um, 
like in 2015 or something like that, so that all of the baby boomers are living much, much longer lives. And combined with other um, scientific and medical uh, interventions, they're living, um, you know, they're looking younger, but there are still some things that cause them to become, um, you know, they haven't, they haven't come up with a reliable cure for bone loss and bone problems and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, but anyway, so what it's, what you're setting up is that the, uh, the, the elders or they're called elves in the book are in possession of most of the resources, which is creating a huge rift between the old and the young and among the young that they're very tired of having to take care of these people well into their 90s and hundreds and hundred and teens um, there's this faction that is kind of trying to um, organize to take care of the problem if you know what I mean <laughs> and Uh-oh. they're doing it by by any means necessary yeah right. right so in the midst of this going on then you have the actual big one happening in LA so much of LA has been destroyed and the government, because of all of these entitlement programs, is going broke. So they have to borrow money from um, China. And there's all kinds of consequences um, and, and some conditions uh, around that money. Um, there's also climate change going on um, and deniers of climate change. And it, it's an interesting read. I don't know where, where it's going to end up. Um, I'm kind of hoping that <laughs> they don't kill off all the old people since I'm in that category now. But um, <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting. I, I like uh, you know books that have some kind of ethical um, consequences and sociological consequences as well. Um, but that's what I came up with for this month. So I I would recommend it. it it's a good read. I just don't know how it's going to end. And they there. all lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I kind of doubt it. Who wrote yeah. this? Okay, that's what I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, so it's um, let me get to that bookshelf. Yeah, I have. I always look these books up, so I sure. like yeah, to yeah. get the for the yeah. next newswire. I always try to get the mm-hmm. names of the authors and the. Okay. So I can usually find them with just a title. Yeah, it's uh, okay. the The title is Twenty Thirty. The Real Story of What Happened to America. Mm-hmm. It is written by Albert Brooks. Albert it Brooks. is narrated by Gregory Gordon, or uh, Gorton. Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I like yeah. the fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the DB number is DB73115. Uh, and, yeah, it's... Oh. Hold on. Okay, 2011. It was published in. Really, that's not the Albert Brooks. Not the Albert Brooks. Albert. I think she said Albert. E L B. Albert. No, no, no. A L B E R T. Albert. Oh, it. Oh, it is Albert. Okay. Albert Brooks. Okay. Nope. Albert Brooks. It's 12 hours and 22 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the same actor. The one that acts. Yeah. Never know, but yeah. You know, I'm not even familiar with who Albert Brooks is, so. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he was kind of a kind of a character not, actor, maybe. Yeah, comedy maybe. satirical. Yeah, com- yeah, yeah, comedy satirical. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 
It was a 2,000-year-old caveman or something. Oh, wait a minute. That's Mel Brooks. That's oh, Mel Brooks. Yeah, that's no, Mel Brooks. No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, Albert okay. Brooks is not as well-known as Mel Brooks. <laughs> no, no, no. He's just... He's his lesser-known cousin. <laughs> right. That's what's <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully not too related to Terry Brooks. I don't know who that is either. I don't either. He's a famous fantasy writer. Uh, oh, oh, right. Yeah, sort, of, sort of Shannara. Shannara and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He kind of, he kind of created ma sword and sorcery without the languages and all the stuff that Tolkien did. Oh, I see. Kind of a candied version um anyway yeah. but i actually liked some of them actually i enjoyed some of them but then i got tired of them yeah well and they started getting a little cheesier or i changed uh -huh. kind of i don't read fantasy anymore yeah. um yeah. i used to but like, years ago anyway well who wants to go next Anybody? marshall you want to go marshall yeah Anybody? i'll go all right I read Memory by Lois McMaster Bujold, oh. and, and I'm afraid I didn't particularly enjoy it. It it didn't. I read a couple of. First of all, she's written an enormously long series, uh, and it starts with a book called Falling Free, which yeah. apparently is not on Bard, but I don't know that for sure. And. I read a couple of books, and I don't remember the titles, and they had a character in them that interested me. He was kind of a dwarf in a society that liked perfection. And he was in their military, and he was a cadet, and he got assigned to this Arctic base, and he found a body in a drainage tube, and it was all about solving the mystery of that and what Miles. was going on. Miles. Vosorkian or something like that was the character in those and he was in this one and in this one it's kind of a I think it's kind of a mystery but I must admit that I fell asleep through part of it which is probably <laughs> not a great recommendation <laughs> uh, anyway one of the there are a bunch of, of characters that you have to know about one of the primary ones is like the head of a secret service for this empire. And he gets sick with something, and it's all about what caused his illness and all this other stuff. But And I don't want to spoil it, but I just couldn't get into, a, into it uh, very much. So I... I may go back and try again. Also, I missed the preceding book, which may have uh, been part of the reason I had trouble. Well, I did look on Bar just now, and Falling Free is not there, I'm surprised to say. Well. I read it yes. when it was in analog. It was serialized in analog years and years ago. I read it then. Well, I may go out and see if it's on Audible or as a last resort on Bookshare. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, there, there must be something to the series because she's written so many of them. Uh, well, the preceding one, apparently the, this guy, Miles Versapian, dies mm -hmm. and they bring him back to life somehow. 
Yeah, and didn't wasn't there one where he had an evil twin brother? I don't know. He does have a twin brother. No, I, was, I thought he was. I heard he was evil in one or something. Well, I, I don't know how evil he was. He is mentioned. No, uh, okay. Um, but I just couldn't grab this. Grab get into the book. So, well, we might as well keep the disappointment train going. <laughs> uh, I read Salvation by Peter F. Hamilton. And oh no! I'm I'm disappointed. I, I will probably I will first of all I will say that I will probably read. I may read the sequel depending on what the reviews say about it because I'm going to look first. Um, I read it over the Fourth of July weekend, most of it, and then I finished it like the next week on Monday. I read most of it during the weekend though, and it's. Uh, it's 567 pages long on, wow. on Bookshare. And um, it's, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I mean, he's, he's repeating himself. He's got aliens who are manipulating humankind again, and they look like humans. And I think we've seen all this before. Um, he's got, you know, his police procedural stuff going. A lot of this book is... There's okay. Let me start in. Let me start with the beginning uh, properly, and then I'll go through. There's a. We're in 2204. You wouldn't know it exactly, but by the technological advancement. But that's another thing I I tend to rant about, so I won't do it here. Um, and the ship has landed on. Uh, okay, they've got connection. They've got quantum entanglement. This company has created portals where you can. Go. You have to have a ship to take the portal to the place where you want it to be, like an asteroid or a planet. But once it's there, you can set up a portal, and then people can go through instantly or anything you want. And of course, you can make the portals of different sizes for the more energy it takes. So they've got connections to different places, and the farthest they've been out is a planet, some few dozen light years or so, and there's a ship that's landed on it. And so they set up this team to go investigate it. Well, there's a scientific team that's been investigating it, and then they send these people to go investigate who are very powerful. One is the head of security of this company, and another one's the head of, or an advisor to the head of a society called the Utopials, and they're, that's a different society that they've set up in, uh, uh, on, other, on, uh, on other planets. And... Um, and another one's a mercenary who's paid because if they have contact, if the aliens turn out to be hostile, the guy who's running the security for the company wants somebody who can pull the trigger or push the button or whatever and destroy everything if, and he's, if, he's, if he can't do it. And so they go and they investigate and most of the book, or at least half or more, is taken up by stories that these people tell on their way to the ship so so they build this connection port far away from the ship and then well the, the ship has landed pretty far from the port the port was there first and then they travel on this in this vehicle and it takes quite a few hours to get there like 24 hours or something and so they tell these stories and one of them's like 146 pages long and other ones like 60 or 70 pages long and they're like five of these things and most of them don't have anything to do with the plot that I can tell 
There's a second plot line, by the way, that's far in the future, and it's on this planet that's uh, not Earth. It's a different planet, and they have these kids who are being trained to fight, and they must fight the enemy, who we are not told who the enemy is until the end of the book. Um, and so they are, uh, they, they have got pretty advanced technology, but they, you know, so they portal over to different places to learn how to fight, and it talks about their adventures and how they're tested and stuff, and so that's the second plot line. So, um, but we've got these, what looks to me like, you know, repetitive things, like aliens who turn out to be human, and... There's, uh, you know, all this detective work stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the story. And um, there was, there's um, the, the, um, um, only the, the mechanism is slightly different. Um, there's brains being switched around. So the aliens have, I'm spoiling it slightly, but um, there's rumors that, of this brain switching thing going on that these advanced aliens can switch people's, you know, take out your brain and put their, put another brain in. And, um, so, uh, I was kind of, kind of frustrated with it because a lot of it, as I said, doesn't have anything to directly to do with the plot. It's, you know, took place. Some of it's taken place like decades before, you know, the aliens were discovered. Um, and so, and one of them has to do with why one of the team members has a grudge against the other one. And so we go back for 140 pages to find out why. And uh, it's, it's, it's too long. I mean, you could, I guess you could read the book and skip the backstories if you wanted. I don't think you would lose very much except for the, except for the final one. They're the one at, near the end of the book. And it's the shortest one does have a little bit more of a direct bearing on the plot than the other ones do. Uh, if you wanted to do that, you could shorten things up a little bit and get the basic idea, you know, of the plot from that. But, um, yeah, so I'm kind of disappointed in it. Um, I, I, the reviews, as I said, on Amazon, I think I wrote to the list about were are pretty mixed. A lot of people don't like it. Many people do. I mean, it's still like three and or four point four stars out of five or three and a half or something. But anyway, uh, that's uh, most of the, that's what Salvation is about. So, and there's a sequel coming up in October that's going to explain, you know, how things turn out apparently. But this war goes on apparently for a long time in the future. And Jeez. I don't know. I think I've just seen a lot of this before and it was better done. You know, the Void trilogy was much better and, the aliens are better. I mean, Morning Light Mountain. I mean, I'll never forget him mm -hmm. uh, from Pandora Star and Judas Unchained. Wow, that was an alien. But you know, we've got this. You know, it's it's it really feels like it's repetitive in a lot of ways. So Do you know that's if my going to be a two book series. Um, it, it says trilogy. Oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, so I usually uh, like to wait till they're all out before I start. Well, the second one's coming out in October, and I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know when the second, the, the third book is going to be out, but right. Um, anyway, um, that's that's what I got to say well, about. It's too that. bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, 
it's it's unfortunate. Well, it's not the only series that he had that was bad. There was that one other one. That well, was that was in his early days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I can add to the disappointment briefly. I started <laughs> the January Dancer by Michael Flynn, and the plot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I read that too. <laughs> I didn't finish it, so maybe no. you can fill me in on how it turns out. I made it through a couple hours. I don't remember how it turned out. Uh, well, it was supposed to be about this uh, <laughs> ship that finds this artifact that has some kind of special powers, and people are fighting over it and want it. I only made it about two hours, because I think the author wrote everyone with an accent of some kind, like... Oh he actually spelled them out because the narrator is reading it like that and it's really hard to understand some of the characters and they're all annoying and I just like didn't care so I quit so what I did end up reading is another book by Nancy Cress which is the author that Marshall and I both read oh. last month and this one was a short five-hour book called after the fall during the fall, before the fall. And it's a little less than five hours. It's a pretty bad title, actually. But it's about um, this group of people that live in, a, they describe it as an eggshell um, environment. And you don't know why they're there. They don't know why they're there. The main character, it's not a young adult book, but one of the main characters is a 15-year-old named Pete. And these aliens put them in this shell, and the rest of the Earth is decimated. You cannot live outside the shell, nor can you go outside the shell. And the aliens put them in there, and the um, Pete resents this because he thinks the aliens are treating them like guinea pigs, and the aliens destroyed Earth and now put them in there just to watch them and see how they behave. The aliens gave them a time machine, but it works under really strict um, it's very strictly controlled. When it lights up, somebody has to jump on it, and it has to be a teenager. If you're an old person, you're going to die if you go through it. They send you back in time for 10 minutes. And if you end up in a store, you just grab as much as you can. After 10 minutes, you'll disappear back, and you, hopefully you'll get some good supplies. If you end up in a house, you're supposed to steal the child because these people are infertile, and in order to perpetuate their society they need fertile children to raise and so they do kidnap children and um, they are you know taking turns raising them and stuff and it's a little bit about the um, I do like characterization unlike Evan uh, I, I, I don't mind it considering it's a five-hour yeah considering it's a five-hour book she does a really good job of getting to know a lot of these characters and what they're like um, there's some uh, animosity between a couple of the characters because the one woman is fertile and uh, there's some competition going on there because one of the boys is fertile and one is not. He wrote a story about this in one of the best of Dozois, best ofs and ah. you know, the aliens control like everything and right. they take this kid and they put her in with all these dogs and oh. she has to learn to and they're testing like they want her to try to train the dogs to do things that they see in pictures or something huh and yeah it was it was interesting but a little hard to read in places but yeah, yeah. She, she can be she can be a little hard you know dramatic she's a good writer yeah this was really good and for a five-hour book I, I would definitely recommend it it's interesting to see how it turns out at the end I thought sure she wouldn't be able to wrap it up 
I thought there must be a sequel, but she wrapped everything up nicely, and it, it's, it worked out really well, and uh, there was a little bit of a twist at the end, and um, yeah, it was good. What was, the t- what was the title again? It's called After the Fall, comma, Before the Fall, comma, mm. uh, During the Fall, by See, Nancy. I thought you were talking about another trilogy. What? No, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It sounds like it's trilogy, but it's all yeah. one book. It's a really stupid title, and yeah, it's by Nancy Press, K R E S S. She should have named it the entirety of the fall. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the, the fall. fall. <laughs> yeah, or the complete fall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or life in an egg. You know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, who's left? Nobody's left. That's everybody, I think. Yeah. Nobody's left. All right. Well, yeah. Um, a Goodreads gives this four out of this Hamilton book like four out of five too with some two thousand people, but I just didn't think it was that good. I don't know yeah. compared to his previous. I get tired of the, I get tired of all the detective work and all the police work and all mm-hmm. the, you know, it's like police. I just don't. Oh, here I'm not. I don't know anything. All right, well, give me a name. Give me a name. All right, that's all I know. I swear. Well, let's go see this guy. We'll see what he knows. And well, did you like the one we read? Was it North? I North, say Great North, North Road. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I, it was, it was a little long, also, but I liked the ending. His uh-huh. endings here are really good because they've got a good sense of wonder in them. And that's yeah. why I stick with this. That's why I might stick with this thing for. Well, a while. that had a lot of detective procedural stuff. It did too. It did. I, I think uh, Lizzie and I read that one together, and but I liked it at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the what was his name appear? The alien and. Yeah, and, I don't remember. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool, but um, yeah, and he has he had a good bit. Oh, there's another psycho killer in this one, like Cat. You know, remember in the Void trilogy? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so that's another thing I meant to. You know, he's he's repeating himself a little too much. I think in these yeah. books, he needs huh. to come up with something a little different. You know, I'm, I mean, I guess I can see. You know, but anyway, uh, I'm I'll probably read it. You know, the next book, but. You know, I'm just not as eager as I was with the Void trilogy. That well, really if is. I can mention one more quickly that I started oh, sure. and didn't finish also. It's called Ecotopia, and it's by Ecotopia. Ernest Kallenbach. And it's about uh, California, Oregon, and Washington have seceded from the United States and are their own country. And this reporter goes out there to report on this country. And I thought it would be an interesting story, but it's pretty much just dispatches. Here's how they handle food. Here's how they handle agriculture. Here's yeah. how they handle economy. Here's how they have war games. And it's, it's pretty dry. And yeah. so I didn't make it too much through there. And I even skimmed forward to see if maybe he was going to form friendships with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anything, just kind of skimming through it. Well, so I wouldn't really recommend that. I, uh, I, the other big book I read this month, and I put, we talked about it on the SF Club list, actually, Dave, and I, it was called After On, a novel by, of Silicon Valley by Rob. It's pronounced Reed, but it's spelled R-E-I-D. And uh, it's 23 hours. And it's on Bard, and I enjoyed it quite a lot, despite the writing style. The writing style is real, you know, like satirical and kind of humorous in some ways, and kind of crude in ways. And and um, it's written well. You find out why, you know, at the end. But it's about it's really creepy in places because it's not that far off. But it tells you, you know, it's it's like this. It's this. It's about this 
AI that starts out, you know, as a social, called a social operating system, not a social network. And it, since it knows where you are, it can tell you about what coupons are where you are and what, you know, and it'll, it'll connect you up with people or it'll block them or it'll tell them, you know, it'll, and it's, it, and it's, they've got these glasses where, you know, since it's got face recognition, it can tell you who the person is and what they, you know, and it will tell you who they know and what their interests are. And you can make it look like, you know, somebody that knows them and it gets creepier from there in some ways because they hook up this quantum computer from this ex government. Well, I don't, I shouldn't go into it in too much detail because we don't have time. But, <laughs> How but are you it, spelling I, that? Huh? How are you spelling that after on? It's after on two words. The first oh, okay. part of the book is called be, be, uh, before on and, a, and and then it's called after on when the AI kind of wakes up. Okay. And then, she, then it starts telling things more from the AI's point of view. And it's not the omniscient kind of thing you might think. It's a different take on it, but it's really interesting. And as I said, kind of creepy because all this information goes through her about where everybody is and what they're doing and what they're saying. And, and she can manipulate people so easily, you know, by, you know, cause she knows what their buttons are. I mean, you know, Yuval Harari in his books talk about, talks about, you know, how algorithms are going to start knowing you better than you know yourself because you leave so much data behind that they mm. can find and look for patterns, you know, in your behavior that you don't even know. If you read, if you don't, if you don't want to read, you can read uh, Future Crimes or the surveillance, you know, the age of surveillance capitalism for nonfiction takes on how scary this stuff is becoming, how much they know about, you know, most people. You are saying, All you are saying, they leave, you know. What? You are saying, you are saying after on and not Amazon, right? No, after on. <laughs> No, okay, well, I'm not saying it was starting to sound a little similar there in some sort of uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, no, it's more like Facebook and Google, but yeah, and Amazon's Google stuff, in there yeah, too. Yeah. Amazon's yeah, in there yeah. too, though, with all their buying, yeah. all your buying habits. But this right. is more about where you go and what you say and what you write, ah, who you okay. talk to, and Right. You know all that stuff, and that sounds kind of creepy. Your yeah. profile yeah. and all that stuff, and it gets right. it goes on from there. It's very well thought out, very. Oh, yeah. But the writing style is a bit of a hurdle yeah. for you because I, I can't really quote it. But anyway, I enjoyed it nevertheless. And if you want something that's kind of long and thought provoking, if you can get over the yeah. writing style, yeah. um, it's worth reading. I think. Okay. By, by the it, way, it's creepy. By the way, that book that I couldn't remember the name of, which mm -hmm. uh, I remember the name of it, the one that is a retelling of the Kalevala as a space opera. Ooh. It is Saga of Lost Earths by Emil Pattaya. Oh, I like that title. Yeah. I like that title. I might have to pick that up. I like space opera anyway. Though yeah. I don't know the Kalevala, I don't think it will matter that much. But no, it doesn't. It's just think of it as a space book. If you if you could probably appreciate it better if you did know the Kalevala, but I don't either, and I was able to be entertained by it. All right, I'll check it out. I will right. definitely check it out. Does, any, up does anybody space. want the DB of the Afteron book? Does oh, yeah, I have it. Uh, okay, oh, what is it? Eight 
9585. There's a lot of stuff in here about, you know, especially early on, this guy's running a company and there's some financial, how he buys people. He was actually, this author was in Silicon Valley for a while and he worked oh. there. So he knows a bit about, uh, so you, you might, you might uh, just read fast you know, through some of that, but it's all building up to how he starts running this company and how the government gets involved. It's real secret. Um, but anyway, maybe next month I can do a more detailed thing. Oh, what are we doing next month, by the way? I'm not going to be here on the 8th of August. Uh, you guys can still have a meeting or... We move we it up to the 15th? It. Well, I'm, I'm going to be out, but I can do the meeting from my mom's place on the 15th if you want to do it that day. Um, well, we do you do want that. to do it from your mom's? I mean, we, you know. I don't care. I did one. I've done them before from there, actually. Or we can, um, or we can move it back even, you know, back to the twenty second if you want to. I mean, uh, well, what do you guys want? I don't care. What do you guys? Want? Don't move it too far back, or we'll run into problems in September. Right. That's yeah. true. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah, run into yeah, problems yeah. in September. Yeah. Fifteenth, yeah. so, fine with me. Fifteenth, whatever you yeah. want to do. 15th. Yeah, because if we do it on the 15th, then the next meeting will be like the 12th. It'll be like just another four mm -hmm. weeks instead of, right, right, right. like mm -hmm. Marshall said, it will only be like three weeks. That's a good idea. So, all right, we'll do it on the 15th then. So okay. the next okay. meeting will be on August 15th, 2019. Come and bring your books. Okay. We'll have, more, we'll have more fun.